All right, all right, I'll, I can introduce it, okay. Hello, this is Saturday Night High, Quarantine Edition. <laughs> oh my God. Everything's the same except I'm in quarantine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're still getting high. We're still watching Saturday Night Live. We are still talking about it, but we're just keeping our distances from everybody right now. Not just each other. Steph might have the Rona. No, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> this was hosted by Peter Boyle, and the musical guest was Al Jarreau. Did we already say it aired on Valentine's Day? Valentine's Day? Yes, it did. It aired on Valentine's Day. And for those of you who do not know Peter Boyle, you would probably recognize him as the father, Frank Barone, on... Everybody Loves Raymond. He played Ray Romano's father. I did not recognize him from that or anything. (laughs) So yeah, there was also a weird performance by the Shapiro sisters, but we'll get to that. It was fun. Yeah, it it was, I, I liked the episode. It was a good episode. Yes. We kicked things off with a cold open, which took place on Valentine's Day in Chicago, in Chicago in 1929. Dan Aykroyd and Lorraine Newman, they were out at dinner and John Belushi was the waiter. And I guess it started snowing and John Belushi called Chevy Chase over. He was the valet. So I already knew he was most likely going to fall back down the stairs, but then you hear and it's like, oh shit, that's gunfire. And Lorraine Newman's like, oh dear, we really have to get the muffler fixed. Yeah. And I was like, oh, thank God, no one's going to die. That was crazy. Yeah. And then Chevy Chase's fall, which honestly this week, it was just fucking impressive. I went back and watched it like 10 times just to watch every bit of the fall and how he like braced his fall and went into the next part. It was so cool. But Chevy Chase falls down a fucking flight of stairs falls kind of into Dan Aykroyd's lap, drops the keys into Dan Aykroyd's lap. Oh, and I should mention that as Chevy Chase is coming down the stairs, he's covered in like blood stains and gunshots. So those actually were gunshots we heard. There's a bunch of like gunshot wounds on his shirt. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And hang on, actually. Day massacre. Oh, shit. No, not massage. That's why it didn't come up. Yes. Uh, St. Valentine's... Yeah, right? Uh, The St. Valentine's Day massacre was a 1929 murder of seven members and associates of the Northside gang. And so the joke is that Chevy Chase got caught in this. It's like an Al Capone thing, I think. Um, or Bugsy, someone, I don't know, some old gangster that dressed up in suits and shot people up. Anyway, Chevy Chase gets all shot up and he falls down the stairs and over the table and onto the floor. And I was just like, God damn, okay. Um, and then, yeah, it was, I get why he shot to fame quicker than the rest of everyone else. Because when you're doing shit like every night, of course people are gonna be like, hey, let's tune in to watch the guy fall down a set of stairs. That's what you become known for. Anyway. Yeah, although he did this up a little bit for Weekend, weekend Update. He did. And another thought that I had at the end of this fucking cold open was that I 
definitely want to fuck 1976 Chevy Chase. Like, damn it. Definitely. I knew he was on SNL, but I first saw him as Pierce on Community. So finding out after the fact that he was a total hottie. Anyway. He is. He's a fucker. He's young. Yeah. I know. And then Peter Boyle was on. He was talking. He. It was just like nothing special. He talked about um, his wife, and they cut to a woman in the audience, his wife. Um, and he's talking about how much he loves her and she loves him. And he sings "My Funny Valentine" while the man next to her um, makes some moves. Yeah, that was. Um... Yeah, he was singing this love song and she's like making out with the dude next to her and then the guy is like humping her and then they leave and he ends the song and it's like, she's not there anymore. Um, There was also something on the Wikipedia page. Apparently the guy in the hat that was sitting next to the woman, his quote unquote wife, was Steven Spielberg. So, yeah. I saw that. That is so funny. (laughs) Yeah. And then we went into a weird car commercial that was like Dan Aykroyd portraying a Spaniard who was talking about his car, the Corrida, but it was like made of cardboard and styrofoam and it felt really icky and racist. I didn't like it. Yeah, he had like, I think he had like a fedora and like a chain. It was just some things that I didn't need to see tonight. (laughs) And then I saw something else I didn't really see tonight, which was Samurai Divorce. <laughs> yeah, this was, uh, it was problematic on a number of different levels. One, Jane Curtin in full geisha makeup. Two, I, yeah, oh my God. It was basically two samurais getting divorced and the judge is trying to like coerce them to stay married saying we've given you a year have you worked out your differences we really don't like to do this and it's like okay fuck you what's that about he says he's not going to grant the divorce and so john belushi and jane Curtin, they both pull their swords out and he's like okay you know what i'll do it fine and then it comes to the division of property at which point john belushi and jane Curtin just break everything literally in half because they can't split things and then it comes down to well we have to decide custody of your daughter and they bring in one of the Shapiro sisters and they lay her on a desk and they're like how should we cut her and it was (sighs) yeah I just weird it was weird I tried to laugh but like I could see where it was going and I was just like oh my god we really gonna do this? Okay. Yeah. And when they did their like Japanese accents, it was just the worst, most racist shit I've heard in a while. Yeah. Yeah. It, it got progressive. It's gotten worse since the first one that John Belushi did. It's like full on racist now. So not that it wasn't before, but it's worse now. I think it's because they keep doing it. It's like, guys, no, we talked about this. They're going harder when they should be going softer. Yes. sorry do you want to talk about the next bit yeah so then we had the Shapiro sisters um these three 
girls were they were like I couldn't I didn't look up their ages but they were probably like 10 or 11 um wearing bell-bottom jeans and like t-shirts and lip-syncing to the song this will be uh they were really killing it it gave me major um talent show vibes yeah it gave me major talent show vibes to the point where I was like, okay, why is this on a late night comedy show other than bad reasons? Like, why are these three preteens <laughs> lip syncing suggestively at like 11.45, 12 at night? And Peter Boyle introduces them as saying he's never dated any of these girls personally. And it's like, I'm sorry, that is disgusting. You have to be at least 40. These girls are eight. And like, why... Were they, yeah, it was just, it felt gross to me in a way that I didn't really like. Yeah, his intro felt pretty icky. Well, his intro felt icky, and then the girls were dancing, and they were shimmying, and it was a little, I I don't know, it was like, for a talent show, it would be fine, but for late night, I just, what the fuck kind of pedo bait was that? Yeah. The, The whole thing, I was just like, okay, someone get these girls out of this building now. Yeah, that's icky. The next sketch, it was... It was Dan Aykroyd and Lorraine Newman are in their apartment and their neighbor from across the hall. Peter comes with a a package for them that was delivered to his door and it's baby powder from Peru. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, we need the special baby powder from Peru. (laughs) Yeah, um, it was... This week, it was obviously very clear they were getting a shipment of cocaine, and last week it was weed. And so they're a little nervous at first, but they're like inviting him into their apartment. And Peter Boy, uh, I guess they told him, Oh, yeah, the other night we dropped some acid and we took some pictures. Do you want to see? And Peter Boy was like, Oh, you dropped some acid, it'll turn up somewhere. And I giggled because I'm like, That's such an old person thing to say. Yeah, and they, okay. They proceeded to flip through this slideshow of just ridiculous pictures they'd taken whilst they were tripping. It was pictures of like a quarter of their faces. It was just high thoughts. Yeah, it was high thoughts. There was a nipple, which Dan Aykroyd was like, that's mine. (laughs) No shit. (laughs) My favorite, my favorite was the, um, what's the word? The hand on the window pane, the image of the hand on the window pane, and Lorraine Newman was like, you could really feel the window's pain. Yeah. <laughs> it was so... And so there was a picture of a cake that Lorraine Newman had made. And I really, I laughed out loud at this because I'm very familiar with the song MacArthur Park by Donna Summer. And part of one of the verses or the chorus or whatever the fuck I having trouble with words because hi um part of it is uh so it started macarthur's park is melting in the dark and the actual lyrics are all the sweet green icing flowing down someone left the cake out in the rain i don't think that i can take it because it took so long to bake it and i'll never have that recipe again (laughs) and it's the lyrics make no fucking sense but they wrapped that into the acid trip and then she took this cake, but they, re- they didn't have utensils. So they put it out on the patio and they just watched it melt and it went into MacArthur Park and I cackled. I honestly did not recognize that song. If I'm being real, the only Donna Summer song that I really know is Bad Girls. <laughs> you're getting like three more tonight. So you're welcome. Yeah, I do like that one song that I know. <laughs> I saw her obviously before she died. 
Oh my God, that's cool. You've seen everybody. I was gonna say interest development. Um, Lindsay was like at some sort of protest. Yes. And it was raining. Actually, yeah, I vaguely remember the scene. Yeah, it was like raining and she's dancing to that song. Oh my God, so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, so I guess uh, the sketch ends with Peter Boyle having to go back upstairs to his family and Lorraine Newman's kind of hitting on him saying, hey, you ever home alone during the day? You got a wife? You know, I'm fine with four too. And they're, and she's like inviting him in to sleep with him and uh, to share. And they said, oh yeah, well, we're on uh, the lookout for a package coming in. Uh, it's fudge from Nepal. Should be in next week. And, you know, we'll share. The guy's like, oh, fudge from Nepal. And Lorraine Newman asked if he was around during the day. And he's like, yeah, you know, my job uh, kind of allows me to be. I'm a parole officer. And they kick him out of the apartment swiftly saying, give this to the super by. And they said they need a drink. And that was that sketch. And uh, yeah, then we went into Algero singing We Got By. He has a, yeah, I don't know if, he, if that's a has or a had. Again, things I should have looked up before <laughs> we got on here. I think he's dead. Yeah, no, he died two years ago. Um, yeah, no, he had the most beautiful voice. There were some weird camera effects during this performance. I liked it. They were experimental. I, I guess it just reminded me of like watching VHSs that my grandparents had when I was little and like they'd pop it in and it would be like music videos or something. And it reminded me a lot of that. And so it was like, oh, I like it. It did have that vibe. We went into a weekend update, which started off with Chevy Chase talking about a butterfly flick, which is when you are sucking a cock when you flick the underside of the head with your tongue. Um, so that was fun. <laughs> Are you fucking it up? Because I was going to, and then I forgot. Oh yeah, no, I, I I looked it up. I mean, I had kind, I I had a feeling I knew what it was, but she's like, oh no, I've done it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, that's I didn't know that had a name. Like I thought that was just what you did. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah, there was more Patty Hearst trial stuff, but it was Renaissance mural art. That was actually great because I was expecting the shitty stick figures. And then it was, well, it was like Renaissance pictures, but then there was also like that one Salvador Dali painting in, in the desert clock, you know, the one. Yeah. Chevy Chase is talking about the Winter Olympics, which had just concluded and how Dorothy Hamill had done all of these different tricks or different skating, whatever they're called. And I don't want to say tricks. That's what you teach a dog. I thought it was gymnastics. Wasn't it g- gymnastics that you were talking about for this mm. one, or no? No, no. Or is that skating. summer sport? Am I just... G- gymnastics is in the summer, and these were the Winter Olympics. The more you know. So he was saying that she did a double toe loop, a this, a that, and then he started making them up. To that, Gerald Ford responded, big deal, I did that getting out of my car this morning. It's like, solid. The list of moves that he recited were rather long. <laughs> Yes, well, and I think only like four of them were real, but Garrett Morris was the correspondent at the Olympics, and he was like, it's so empty, the the mountain's haunted, no one's here, and Chevy Chase is like, you think that might be because the finals for skiing were on Monday, and the Olympics ended yesterday, he's like, another possibility, he's like, what do you want me to do, man, I like warm weather, you could have sent me to Angola. (coughs) He was really good in that. I laughed pretty hard. I did. Yeah. I was like, fuck yes. I'm so happy he was getting screen time. 
Although at first I was confused. Yeah, no, at first I was like, because he said they were going to go to their, to, to Garrett Morris at the Olympics. And then the camera wasn't on him and you could hear all the like winter sound effects, but you couldn't see anything. And then they finally go over to him and it's like, he's standing in front of what's supposed to be a green screen, but like, there's nothing on it. I thought maybe it was just like a technical difficulty, but I was just a little bit confused. I think it was supposed to be the nighttime sky. And he was like, it was oh. at night in like Lillehammer or wherever they were. And it was at night, it was empty and he was cold. Yeah. He had a cute little hat on. Oh. <laughs> he did. Um, I really liked the Chevy Chase going after Ronald Reagan slam saying he was bland at best in some of the most violent racist movies ever made and he continues to insult. Yeah, and he like continues to insult him because Ronald Reagan had been complaining that people were going after him and not being nice. <laughs> I was just like, fuck yes, that was an amazing comeback. Bland at best. <laughs> My favorite was when he called him the silly ex-governor. They did another Blaine Hotel thing, and it was Lorraine Newman in front of a room where the producer of Snuff Films was inside. But it was like a misunderstanding, I guess. It was a misunderstanding. And he says, no, no, I don't do Snuff Films. And then at the end of the sketch, you hear a gunshot, and that's a wrap, cut it. And it's like, well, cool. Great. (laughs) They did another... I think it was the second replay of K-Put. Yep, it was. Which is like the third time it's aired this season. Why? Yeah. But then Emily Latella came on and talked about uh, money for canker research, which was kind of funny. She was just talking about like canker sores and just don't eat grapefruits. Yeah, I... I mean, it's like, okay, every time it's like, you know what's happening. I guess it's kind of like Stefan. You just don't know what she's going to say. Um, it was okay. I did think, uh, I don't know if it was her, Chevy Chase has said it, but white rabbits forced to roll and smoke 87 joints a day should not operate machinery. That was absolutely Chevy Chase talking about their ongoing weed uh, study. <laughs> cool. Gotcha. All right. Thank you. Yeah, I, I had nothing else to say about Emily Latella. Um, yeah, the ongoing weed study and send him weed. And it was an okay weekend update. I wasn't wowed. Yeah, it was just, it was just eh. Uh, and then we went from that into a little pro wrestling bit, which was bees versus wasps. And the bees were the bees. Um, <laughs> and the wasps were Chevy Chase and Gilda Radner wearing like, like she has like this plaid skirt on, he's got plaid pants on, and they're wearing like little whatever, little cardigans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they were like the waspiest, and wasp being white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, they were wasps from Connecticut, and they were fighting with the bees. And Chevy Chase and John Belushi are like rah, wrestling and getting all over each other. And Chevy Chase is like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't think I've introduced myself. And like just proceeds to be the waspiest motherfucker I've ever seen. He was good at it. He was. He was really good at it. Hilda Radner had some uh, she had some line. I think it was her. She's like, have you ever been to Bridgeport? It was like, ew. It's like, why, why yes, I have. Yeah! I was like, what the fuck? 
saw some cool ass shows there, but only because it was a stop on the Metro North. Nothing else. <laughs> Not a great place. No, no, I believe, um, I believe Seth MacFarlane in Family Guy called it the armpit of America. Wow. So, good for Bridgeport. Yeah, because, uh, yeah. Brian and Stewie end up at the North Pole and it's like factories, and smokestacks. And Stewie was like, ew, I thought we were going to the North Pole, not Bridgeport, the armpit of America. Oh my God. Yeah, but it was, it was just wasps and bees and like rich white people jokes. And they were really like throwing each other around at the end. Like Gilda's hair came out. It got crazy. Yeah. And like the whole time Dan Aykroyd was, you know, doing his little commentary on all the things that were happening. At one point, a cow came in. It was just crazy. It was just crazy. Yeah, I feel like that's what they do whenever a sketch has not gone off the rails, but it's like, okay, this is insane. We're just going to drop a cow on the stage. Like, it's already, it's already nuts. Yeah, it's like bees versus wasps. Fuck a cow. The next bit was kind of weird and kind of terrifying. I didn't understand it. Was Jane Curtin interviewing a guy called Mr. Okay, so I'm pretty sure what it was, was Jane Curtin was interviewing a man called Mr. X. And based on everything that was referenced in the sketch, I believe that Mr. X was Richard Nixon, but he was wearing like this terrifying horse <gasps> mask or something mask. And I- I, I thought he was, he was talking, <laughs> it meant maybe, I don't know, it was scary. I don't know what it was. I didn't like looking at it. Uh, Yeah, he was saying like things like freedom means uh, freedom is when you have nothing left to lose and well, karmic debts to pay in the next lifetime. And it's like, okay, I'm pretty sure this is Richard Nixon. But because this was like 45 years ago, I, I, I know a lot about Watergate, but I didn't live it. I'm living my own. I'm we're living our own constitutional issues right now. So like, I got the point, but not the jokes. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I understand that. He started talking about moving to China. It was, it was just most of the time I was um, paying attention to the mask and how every time he breathed in, it also like crumpled in. <laughs> Which is also a problem that we are having today. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And then we saw some kids saying the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah, I'm, so it was a bunch of kids singing the Pledge of Allegiance, and then I think Garrett Morris as Gandhi, and I- That's what that was? Yeah, I was, I I know that, I think that G-H-A-N-D-I movie, I think that came out, yeah, came out after that. Ugh, I had to watch that in school. I have no idea, but it was racist as fuck, and I didn't like it. Yeah, it, mm. Well, like that. and I mean, a giant issue with the movie Gandhi is that Gandhi was played by Sir Ben Kingsley, who's like one of the whitest British dudes ever. There's quite a few issues there. Yeah, just, just because, oh, Candace Bergen was in that movie too. Connections. Martin Sheen, Daniel Day-Lewis. Okay, maybe I need to watch this. What? Shit. Wait, what? I know. <laughs> I'm like, fuck me. Maybe this is actually worth watching. I don't know. I had to watch it like sixth grade. We had Peter Boyle and John Belushi doing dueling Brandos, which was just... John Belushi and Peter Boyle doing their best Brando impressions, and... 
Yeah, it ended with them yelling, Stella! From like Streetcar Named Desire. That's the only Marlon Brando role that I would know off the top of my head, if I'm being real with you. <laughs> All right, well, the next time you visit, we're going to watch The Godfather and Apocalypse. Oh, actually, I watched Apocalypse Now in, in not sixth grade, in 12th grade. <laughs> Jesus! I was going to say, you went to sixth grade. I was going to say, Right to the mayor or the superintendent. <laughs> what are they going to do? They're going to be like, damn straight, they did. All we did in school was watch movies. Builds character. In my junior year earth science class, we watched the magic school bus. We watched the land before time. And we watched the movie 300 with Gerard Butler. Because that has to do with earth science. What? <laughs> that is so fucking funny. Yeah. And, and you went to the better set of schools in our school. <laughs> yeah, we watched Apocalypse Now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, the next, uh, what's the word? The next sketch is a husband coming home early from work. And the wife, I didn't write it down, but if I remember correctly, it was Jane Curtin. Um, she's acting a little sus. She's saying, oh, I was, I was the only one home. Um, but then he opens up the fridge and- Well, and as, as the husband is coming home, you hear her say, ooh, yeah, that's the right spot. And it's like, no. Oh, I didn't actually hear that. Or maybe I, yeah, I just didn't hear that. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, no. He's coming home and he like hears people talking. And so he hears her saying, mm, yeah, that's the right spot. And he hears a male's voice. And he walks in and it's just her and she looks a little flustered. So it's like, wait, who was the dude? Dog. Borley, stop it. Give me one second. He's like, bitch, I heard someone outside the door. It's like, I know you did. Let's move on. Protective. He is. There was a suspicious car parked outside earlier and he barked at it until it left. So I was actually okay with that. We were like, yeah, you can bark. Anyway, go on. Yes. So Peter Boyle comes home. Yeah. Oh yeah. Peter Boyle was the husband. And yeah, every time I have just told the story so out of order, but yeah, every time (sighs) she, uh, (laughs) or every time he goes to open something, there is a person, you know, he opens the fridge and there's a man in there and she goes oh this is new janitor in the fridge and she does a little ad for the new janitor in the fridge and then there was a new doorman in the closet and the new mailman and the maid and the uh what was that so the doorman in the closet really makes your closet well hung oh my god yeah <laughs> so at that point at that point i just thought she was having a three-way and then they opened, he opened the kitchen like pantry and found Chevy Chase and Gilda Radner and she was in like this maid's out this like sexy French maid outfit and she was cleaning all the mail that he had yeah at that point I was like oh cool it's an orgy yeah it was yeah and then so basically he sits down and he I guess he realizes what's going on and he sits down and everyone runs back into the bedroom <laughs> they all come out of their perspective respective closets and refrigerators and pantries and he's like oh there's a knock at the door and he gets up and it's Lorraine Newman yeah and she um she says she's new lady in the house next door has life got you down well new lady in the house next door can help you get it up again yeah that uh 
the new lady in the house next door was fast and easy. At which point Peter Boyle just grabs his beer and goes outside with the new lady in the house next door. Yes. And then Gilda introduced the home movie this week, which I don't even know. Yeah, it was a it was a stoner movie for sure. The SNL home movie. It had like 20 seconds of credits and then it was 10 seconds film of a house. It was a home movie, a movie of a home. Yeah, the audience was cracking up at this. It was it was just okay. I was like, okay, that's a little bit funny, but <laughs> the audience was going wild. They were. Yeah, and then we had so the transition to Al Jarreau was Gilda Radner standing there after the home movie, and Garrett Morris comes out and he's like, Gilda, I got you a Valentine. And she's like, Oh, that's sweet. You didn't have to. I didn't get you one. And he's like, Oh, that's okay. That's okay. And she's like, no, I mean, I got other people and I just didn't get you one because I didn't want you to take it too seriously. And I was like, oh, that's rude. And then I was like, what the fuck is this bullshit? And then Garrett Morris starts reading the card that he wrote for Kilda Radner and it was not appropriate. And I can understand why she might not have wanted to get him a Valentine's Day card in this hypothetical situation. Yeah, it was definitely not appropriate. It was um, a little violent, but... The writing of the poem itself, I'll say it, it was a good poem. <laughs> uh, some good lines in there. Yeah, it was and a if good everyone poem. was consenting, I would love the poem, you know? Right. Yes, no, it would, it, it was a great poem, just may, maybe it wasn't totally yeah. sensual. But yeah. Yeah, the only line that I wrote down, I think the poem ended with or started with, I don't know, it was, I'd like to molest you upstairs in my room. And that's that was what like I was one like, of the first okay, lines. Yeah. this, of course it went there. Okay, yeah, okay. But yeah, so then Garrett Morris introduced Al Jarreau, who performed Pretty as a Picture, which was wonderful. It was fast paced, I was grooving. It was wonderful. I was bopping. And then there was... Was that the same Gary Weiss film that they played for Christmas? Yeah. But then they just said Happy Valentine's Day at the mm-hmm. end. Yep. Yep. It was Homeward Bound by Simon and Garfunkel. That was it. Um, there was a Patty Hearst joke at the end saying Peter Boyle said that one of his friends had flown in from San Francisco to give him the moral support for the show. And Patty, why don't you stand up? And a, a woman that looks like Patty Hearst with handcuffs stands up and like waves. I thought that was funny. That was actually really funny, yeah. And the good nights were really like it was the first it was the first good nights where it felt like they were being cheered and kind of celebrated. Yeah, yeah. It was just fun to watch them and their energy and Chevy Chase. Why did I just say his name like that? I always say Chevy Chase. I have the same issue. Chevy Chase with the Shapiro sisters were kind of it was kind of cute. I was like, oh, he's cute. That's cute. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a nice ending. And this was the first show of the back half of season one. So we have, oh. we've already done more than half of season one. Yeah. Look at that. What was your favorite sketch of the night? My favorite sketch was the bees versus the wasps. Easy. It was an easy decision for me too. I, until I saw that, it was the cold open, but it was like, well, that got dethroned pretty quickly. So, yep. Because the cold open was just 
I watching Chevy Chase like throw himself downstairs and over a table and onto yeah it was it was impressive it was like a two-part we're like two summers yeah (laughs) what was your least favorite I think my least favorite was Samurai Divorce Court it was the cutting the child in half for me okay yeah that was pretty fucking unfortunate uh, I think the worst for me was the Shapiro sisters. I don't know why it was on Saturday Night Live. I, I, I felt like that time could have been used for a sketch. And uh, yeah. it was definitely weird. Like I enjoyed it, but it was weird. Like I didn't understand why I was there. Right. Yeah. It's like everything else in the show. It was like, you know what? Not terrible. Samurai Divorce Court was pretty bad. But yeah, it didn't feel as icky to me as... Shapiro sisters did, so who would have thunk it? I think that's it for us. You can find us on all podcast platforms. You can send us emails at satnighthighpod at gmail.com. Our username on Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, uh, I think that's it, is satnighthighpod. Night is spelled N-I-T-E on Twitter. We also have a Facebook, Saturday Night High Podcast. Um, that's it, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah, we have a we have a website, satnighthighpod.com. Oh, that's it. I knew there was something. There you go. Uh-huh. Well, now that I have a desk, I can, like, put a little permanent list here. Just, like, a, okay, one, two, three, ending. Because... Back of the closet door wasn't wasn't feasible. I move. Yeah, so that's it for me. I am Gilda. And I'm Steph. Happy highs. Happy highs.